Welcome back to the Kicking Post Podcast, episode 45. Here with your boys, Amal Thompson and Chris Perry. What's good, Chris? What's up, man? Long time no sway. Exactly, exactly. Happy New Year to all. Um, it's been a minute since we've been out here, but you know, life stuff happens. Uh, dealing with a lot of the end of the year and the beginning of the year, but we're going to try to get back on track for y'all. Um, but before yes, I sir. forget, before I forget, a certain co-host said he had the easiest week one matchup. And I did. That's a fact. For the playoffs. But you know, um, everyone doesn't show up to work like they're supposed to, you know? Um, sometimes they're late. <laughs> sometimes they just forget the clock in. They didn't even know they had a game. Um, it's fine, you know, it's a part of the fantasy season, and I just got caught the wrong, worst possible time. I was about to say, what round did we leave the playoffs in? I left in the first. Um, what week was that? The first round. Yeah. Um, well, to start things off, Jamar Chase had one reception for three yards. So, I mean, let's oh, put the math together. That's 1.3. My <laughs> other starter, Amari Cooper, had, like, one catch, I think, seven yards. Um, they combined for three put total points. It's pretty yeah, solid. like, come on. What do I do with that? Like, that's an L waiting to happen. Like, Kelsey gave me 40 but when you divide that by three, it told that's fifty divided by three. That's how much is he really worth. You like, said fifty. Yeah, it's so three points. <laughs> plus his, I thought he had like forty-seven. I thought or he had forty. Yeah, he had like forty. Okay, so yeah, forty-three divided by three—that's an even lower number. Like I'm not winning with that. Yeah, it was a tough break for you. It's just funny that you called your shot and then. <sighs> yeah, I mean, even with all that, I only lost by ten. So hey, it is what it is. Yeah, talking about slim margins, I'd like to shout out Julian Zamora, um, a.k.a. at Bobby Woods. If y'all have tuned into the YouTube videos, I've talked a little bit about a couple of his teams and stuff. This man went on a tear um, in three different leagues I'm in with him. He won the leagues. And in the league we talked about with Chris, this man, okay, so we played against each other. And my team had AB, which we'll get into that in a second. Again, the last podcast, you did mention the CTE thing, and everything has yeah. took a turn in the AB saga since the last podcast as well. So I definitely want to get your thoughts on some of the stuff he's been going through. But I had him in my lineup, sure. who walked That's off mid-game. Crazy, man. Um, I had David Montgomery, who threw a pick with a minute and like 50 seconds left while they were up 23 points. And I lost the championship game to this man by one point. One Yeah. It's like Point. with that you can't be mad though. It's like so many things had to happen. Like I know that's just not but your like, time. Like there's no way. <laughs> that game's like gonna be unforgettable already because you never see a re- receiver like strip down and just kind of like celebrate out the back of the end zone as he's leaving. But yeah. the fact that he would have gotten one more catch, bro. Like all the circumstances that have been coming out recently now, maybe things were a little bit harsh health wise. Um, at least that's the way he's leaning to when he's telling the story. I feel like he had enough in the tank to go out and get one catch. I mean, look at the guys who tore up the Jets when he left. Cyril Grayson went off. Um, yeah, sure. Like, I feel I like AB would have gotten one, at least one catch. Him. Yeah, he got yeah. second, third strings on him. He's getting one catch. Yeah, like, I feel so like. Time. Exactly. So, like, it, that stings. But, I mean, shout out to Julian. Um, he texted me this morning that he was listening, so. You know, for the support, I appreciate that as well. But we come in for you next year, 2022, year of the comeback. Chris also going to retool his team. 
but in a retooling, um, we set, we already ready, man. You know, I had to take a step back to take three steps forward. I had to build oh, yeah. a dynasty, you know. Um, you know, the dynasty to come up short this year. I really feel like if D Hop just played, you know, if he didn't go on the IR, yeah, I'd have had yeah. a little bit better chances because I was not expecting that at all. He was rough throughout the year when he played though, because he was hurt the whole year. Yeah, but he's still getting you minimum ten points. Like that's all I need. And I can go to sleep easier, you know, a little bit safer. Yeah, I feel you on that one. Um, I can't talk like it was just a B in Montgomery in, in the finals as well. After the huge week I got in the semis from AJ Brown, he went back to not much involvement in the game that they blew yeah. out the Miami Dolphins, which was a surprise. Um, um, even Herbert was a little bit lower too. Herbert was lower. CD had a, a rough day. He only gave me like 8.1 points. Um, Dak, the point total shows 20, but he didn't have the best day. So, you know. And again, like JT had a decent day, but it wasn't anything crazy. Um, so, you know, can't, I can't really be too mad at it. Well, I still have some retooling to do because one of the things I talked to Chris about before we hopped on here was the tight end position was a, was a struggle for me the entire year. Uh, TJ didn't break out the way we expected him to this year. Um, then he got hurt. Um, yeah. Then Jared Goff got hurt. Um, oh, there's boy. bright spots in Detroit still, don't get me wrong. Amon Ross and Brown looks great. Yeah. Swift yeah. looks good when he's healthy, but it was tough yeah, to see. Yeah. A... Who else? Panay's coming around, too. You know, I can't forget about the kid. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Panay is, is doing well out there on the line. So they, they have a bright future out there in Detroit, and it'll be great to see what they target in free agency, but also mainly the draft, because, I mean, it is Detroit. Not many guys sign up to go to Detroit. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they target in the draft. But, yeah, TJ was supposed to be that breakout guy for me at that position um, in that league to, to help me bolster the roster. I was trying to make moves preseason with Chris for Kelsey. We, were, we weren't able to come to a deal on that. And everybody else, there was one guy who pretty much dominated the tight end market. He had Pitts and Kittle. And his, his asking price was too high. So I was trying to solidify the position. Didn't decide to ride with Hawkinson. And it ended up biting me in the end because he got hurt. But now that's that's where I feel like my team needs to retool. Because I had to start a guy like CJ Uzama in the finals. And you ne- if that's your plan, then you're kind of just throwing darts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're not, yeah, you're yeah, not really. Yeah, because going against Julian... He went into the, the matchup with Mark Andrews, who's been the hottest tight end, one of the hottest tight ends over the last month, um, especially He's playing hot, with guys man. like Tyler Huntley. Um, even the Josh Johnson game, he's just been the target funnel. And he's, he's brought himself back into that top three tight end conversation with guys like Darren Waller being out. So um, that is a position I do need to solidify in the offseason, um, whether it be prospect searching in, in the draft, which I haven't heard much this one. Or, you know, trying to make a deal for one of these veterans. But all in all, it was a great season. Um, we'll have off-season stuff for y'all coming up. But I can't be too upset with how it turned out. Um, but to, to address the elephant in the room, last podcast, <laughs> Chris talked about... We were talking about AB and him being one of the best route runners in the league. Probably in league history, when healthy. But the thing we're worried about is his mental. And against the Jets... It was before the Jets game too, right? We were talking about how he was going to be the number one receiver after the Saints game where they lost Godwin and it was Evans hurt with the hammy that he was going to have to step up a lot. And he did in that next game. Yeah. But a game later, um, dealing with the ankle injury and all of that, 
um, this was supposed to be another big game for him. And there were a lot of incentives out there for him to do well financially because he had those bonuses coming up. And they were playing against the Jets, which there's no DB on the Jets that could cover AB. And what transpired in that game is still puzzling. Like, even barring all the, the what happened behind the scenes, who said what, if it was hurt, if it wasn't hurt, just the way he reacted in general just doesn't seem like someone who is sound mentally. What do you think? How did you approach what you saw that somebody who's already subscribed to the fact that he might be dealing with CTE? Well, there's so much, like, even now I'm reading, like, in Bruce Aaron's side of the story that just popped out on Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, like, two different sides that people are saying. He has his own variation, and, like, his actions back that up. Because, um, according to him, he told Bruce Aaron's a coach he was already playing injured. He knew what he could, right? So when yeah. the game comes around, the pain is just too much. He's like, look, like, I can't go out there. So he's like, nah, get out there. And he's like, look, like, I'd love to, but, like, I don't think I can perform at the highest level. Like, I'm sorry. So he said, told him to go, and it's like... If you're gonna treat him like that, knowing that they have that type of leverage because of who he is, he mm -hmm. shouldn't have to step lower to that. And it's like, I just feel like at that point, I would do the same shit. I'd just push my brand even further. Yeah, I'm taking off your jersey because that's y'all brand. Y'all can keep that. Y'all gonna treat me like shit, you know? And then those jumping jacks, hey, do what you gotta do, you know? Like, just rub it in because it's like, you tried to do, give them your best, you know? They can't respect that. It's like, it's weird though, cause like now we hear Aaron's side of the story and it's like, it's totally different than that to where it paints AB to be what we assume him to be like, oh, he has issues, he has CTE and like, yeah, that is easy to grasp at the same time, he's still a person, you know? Like he's not a robot, like everyone wants him to be. Yeah, it's making him sound like, it tries to paint him in the wide receiver diva kind of lane where if he's not getting his targets, he's gonna throw a fit. Um, yeah. Which, like, this is my thing though. I, this is going to sound really weird, but I'm kind of subscribing to AB side of the story a little bit more. Yeah, his makes a little bit more sense. Because, like, this man signed on with the, the Bucks last year. Granted, his situation was a lot tougher last year. Um, he had no options. Then they come out, they win the Super Bowl. If he had left, I feel like he would have had suitors, you know? Yeah. A year completed with Tom Brady and the boys. They won the chip. It looks like AB found his head, right? I feel like he would have had people willing to sign him. It wasn't as yeah. detrimental as last year, right? But he waits it out and he decides to re-sign with him and run it back. When he decides to re-sign with him and run it back, there's Godwin on the roster, there's Evans on the roster, there's Gronk on the roster. If it was an issue of targets, he would not re-sign to be... I mean, he knows he's probably the best receiver on the team, talent-wise. But just based on camaraderie and, and the other guys being younger and a little bit more, you know, familiar with Brady, he's not guaranteed to eat up a bunch of targets with that many weapons on the field, right? So why yeah. all of a sudden, when there's less weapons on the field and he knows, like, he's already hurt, right, that he would be subscribing to this fact, like, oh... If y'all not targeting me, I'm going to throw a fit. It just doesn't really, even though a lot of what AB does doesn't really make sense, that just seems so far-fetched to me. Yeah, it does. And even AB's story seems a little shaky, too. Like, he dropped some screenshots, and I'm like, okay, I got to put those together in, like, 10 minutes, Um, like, to be honest. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, it's just 
the other side doesn't seem realistic. Like, he, Brett just came back from injury. Why would he force targets? He was, like, what, five, four catches away from all those bonuses? Like, and he was, he's not going to get that over two quarters? Like, why would he be mad over targets? I checked his target share. Well, not target share, but I checked how many targets he had up to that point, and they were losing, right? And I think he mm-hmm. would, he had six targets. I'm not sure how catchable they were, but I'm pretty sure he had six targets at the time he walked off. So, like... Yeah, he was actually it was five targets. He was three for five for twenty six yards. Yeah, like, um, come on, like, what, is, what is there to complain about? That's a whole stat line for most people's games in the NFL. Yeah, he was playing on thirty five percent of snaps, so his snap rate was way down from the week prior where he was playing on seventy nine percent of snaps. So maybe if he wanted to draw issue, he could draw issue there, right? But like, yeah, he, if he's yeah, hurt, I think he would want to get on the field. Why would he say no after that? Like. Exactly. A lot of things. I feel like there's probably, of course, there's Bruce Arian side, there's AB side, there's the truth, and we will never really know, um, unless a third party with no bias kind of comes in and was like, "I was on the sideline. This is how yeah, I see saw it play out." Exactly, a thirty yeah. for thirty style thing. This is how I saw it play out, and AB just went off the wall, or Bruce Arian just tried to assert his power and kind of, you know force a guy to be out there because if you if if you see the long thing that ab posted about the situation before he dropped all the screen like screenshots today and stuff he was talking about how they shot him up with a painkiller that the nfl has banned pretty sure the name of the painkiller is like turbinol or something like that he didn't list it on the uh long like pretty much iphone notes thing that he posted but um that they shot him up with that and he didn't know what was really in it um, but they shot him up with it, and then afterwards he realized it was something he shouldn't be shot up with. Um, also, it didn't really seem like it was written by him, not to be that guy yeah. to kind of like discredit what he posted, but it feels like it was definitely his team that came up with that. I mean, um, that's the smartest way to do so, you know? It's like, he probably still up in emotions. You know, he's going to have his bias on that, so like just remove it with other people, you know? Just have them do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So at least he was smart enough to do that. Like, he's still doing, like, I saw he posted some other stuff, like some Home Alone thing on his IG. That was pretty funny. Um, but, like, at least he's, like, going about it in a professional way, it seems like. You know, like, he's Somewhat. making a statement, you know, on his side. Yeah. He's providing evidence, which is shaky, but it's something. Um, and he's not really, like, talking too down on the other party. He's really just saying what's what happened, you know. Like an account. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so. The thing with yeah, Brady's I mean, trainer I'm, is a little bit sketchy too, though. Like to kind of like throw Brady yeah. out there and talking about asking for some of your money back and the trainer not giving it to you. Like you can see he's still going on tangents, but um, he's trying yeah. to approach it better. One thing I will say is I'm glad we kind of waited to hop on and talk about this because ask me about this the day after or two days after, and I say he probably never plays a snap in the NFL again. Um, yeah, I thought Brett retired. Like, that was just, like, his way of I doing it. I thought it was it. it. Yeah, I like, thought it was it. Yeah, or even the only if way he he's didn't. retiring is at halftime, like, mid-game type shit. Or even if he didn't, the league would retire him after seeing the antics. But, I don't know. I feel like it's one of those situations where it's so murky now. And you could lean on the side, like, well, when Brett was healthy and wasn't doing... You know, wasn't having to deal with injury and getting pushed back too soon. According to him, he was a model football player at least. You know, played whatever mm-hmm. role they needed him to play. Um, 
you could see a GM arguing for that fact. You know? Obviously not in Vegas, if, even though they need receivers. But, like, say the Jags <laughs> decide, <Yeah>. you know what? <laughs> let's let's bring a receiver in here that we know will get open and, and get Trevor a nice safety blanket, even though he would wreck our locker room. Um, let's get yeah, him. Like let's the, get him pros in and here. cons to everything. Like, look at it. Yeah. The, the Cowboys sign used to sign like a convict like every other week. They had like Greg Hardy, I think, um, brother yep. with the UFC. Um, mm-hmm. They had Alden Smith. You know, granted, like they were on a better path, but like if the talent's there, it's worth a shot. Like that's just proven in the NFL. Yeah. So I feel like he will get another shot, um, barring it coming out for sure that there was just this was just AB antics. Um, at least now there's like a second side to the story um, and for his sake I know I'm gonna sound like one of the people who just keep going back to to get hurt again but if he gets another shot again based on what I saw from a fantasy perspective I'll still throw the late round flyer out there oh you gotta in, pick him up in dynasty or something cause you see what he is when he's on the field and he still has a lot of juice left he was just if it's the situation where he was hurt, yes. If it's AB antics, which just seems very not the case at this point in time, then you gotta let bygones be bygones. That's his career. It's done, right? Call yeah. it wraps. But if it's anything like he's saying, where he just needs to get it surgically repaired and he's back, I'm shoot. I'm I'm jumping on the crazy train again, bro. Call me crazy. <laughs> Yeah, like he's gonna play. Like it's not that you can you can recover from that, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as long as it's not arguing for targets. But speaking of people who don't have to argue for targets, let's let's hop on your Bengals boys real quick, oh, right? Talk about that all day. So, a week prior to this week, week sixteen of NFL yes, football, sir. Bengals play. Who did they play? So week sixteen. Yeah. It's the Ravens. Ravens, right? Um, yes, it was a practice squad secondary. Uh, um, I wouldn't say practice squad. I'd say NFL caliber DBs. They were out there. Um, but barely. yeah, you're right. <laughs> I feel like you could have played in the secondary. Um, yeah, that is true. They, um, both their starters are out. I want to say they're both like fresh out of college. Um, <laughs> but hey, I'm pretty sure they elevated a couple practice squad guys. Like I'm not even trying to roast, right? No, like they, had, they did, but they, they those had 13 weren't the guys. guys on the COVID list. I'm pretty sure those weren't the guys. Yes, overall, but they weren't all okay. in the DB category. But yeah, yes. You're right. <laughs> um, we saw T. Higgins show the world why Ooh. he Ooh. could make a bet for being in that upper echelon of the young receivers that are coming up. Right, he is. dropped 196. Right, dropped one ninety six. Chase on the other side dropped one twenty five. Was it? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Dropped one twenty five on the other side. Even Boyd got him some yardage, and I think he got over eighty. Right. Yeah, he had eighty in a tutty. Everybody went crazy. Right. So. Yes, sir. You heard the noise being, "Oh, Higgins is the one. Higgins is the one." That was that was a talk for like probably four weeks prior to that as well, where Higgins was, you know, outperforming Chase a bit. They were both getting well, the numbers, but he was outperforming Chase a bit. <laughs> I don't think it's... You just watch the games, though. It's like you see the impact Chase has. So, like, oh, I yeah. don't want to It's not it me. I wasn't, I wasn't yeah, calling yeah, Higgins People just one. look at the stats and, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, Higgins is the one. I'm like, dude, watch football. Like, don't look at it, numbers. <laughs> numbers don't tell the story, man. It wasn't me. I wasn't saying Higgins was the one. I was okay, very okay. I happy with sure. the production I was getting out of him as a fantasy person who owned him, who touted him a lot this year. 
um, as one of the picks that I would prefer making. I'm not gonna lie, I was one of the people who would who were saying pick Higgins over Chase just based on value, Sick. especially in dynasty startups. Um, but you're right. But we had probably one of the best receiver performances from a rookie ever this past Sunday. Oh, we did. That's without a doubt, hands down, the best performance by a rookie receiver. It's, it's still fact. it's still hard to beat that Randy Moss three catches. What, the Thanksgiving one... day? Yeah. Right. That's got, the only you, reason you, is because you, you it was on Thanksgiving. Like that's No, it's because it was three catches over yeah. 160 yards and three touchdowns. That's why it's one of the craziest rookie. Yes. Yeah, yeah. like um, that kind of – he caught the yeah, ball three times, Chris. You're Three right, times but that, for like but the one Jamar Chase comeback in space where he burns everybody. Like, come yeah, on. Yeah, I saw that. I like, saw that. Come on. Like, that's convincing now. I don't want to be. That's just pure speed. Like, he did one move and was he out. He did of do there. one move and he was gone. Like, that's he was it. out of there. Come on. Like, round of applause. 266. No, I do see your point. 266. 266. I knew those ZBs weren't ready, though. I was. I've been salivating all week. I've been telling everybody all week. Like, let the Bengals are taking this. I'm just mad. I ain't bet more because that's my first time I bet straight up, and I had, I had to put something down on it. I knew it was gonna happen, but um, and it was at home. I didn't know it was in Cincy. Oh yeah, PBS was going crazy. I wish I was there because <laughs> I remember I met Joe Burrow's dad in, in Baltimore, and I looked at him. I was like, I'm gonna meet y'all. When we play the Chiefs, so I'm gonna come down and I gotta come back. And you know, the, the crypto ain't booming like it was supposed to. Man. It is what it is. <laughs> you know, when me and Chris get on here solo dolo, we end up going with the crypto talk, bro. You're right though. I've been I've yeah, been on this crypto.com coin and this on this polygon. It's doing okay, but it ain't booming. Yeah, we right. wasn't doing good enough for the Chiefs game. Tickets were a little high, you know. We were yeah. good. They were good. So you know, I always got um the playoffs. I'm working towards the playoffs now, so I got another month to rack it up real quick. You know. Yeah, I feel you on that. Which is, hey, y'all won the division. That's that's crazy. You did. You you know what? Again, my apologies because we came out here into the AFC North breakdown, and we told you you were crazy. Yeah. We told you you were crazy for believing in your boys. We talked you out of believing in your boys, essentially, right? But they did it. Granted, granted, I don't want to be the asterisk guy, but the Ravens lost everyone you're right including and their starting quarterback you're right they lost everyone that's out of our control that's out yeah of i'm not blaming y'all for that at all the but only they lost thing everyone. i'm happy about is like we could have like barely beat them boys like hunley is not a bad backup like he, they beat who they beat with him um Damn, they, they it, was beat a, it was a quality team like it was someone had some, i don't know it was a comeback win pep in their step was it Vegas? I don't know. I gotta look. It was. It was one of those like. They hung in there with um Green Bay. They almost beat Green Bay. That was yeah. Good. Oh no, that was the game. Yeah, they almost beat Green Bay. Like uh, they beat Cleveland, the number one team in the conference. What about they beat Cleveland? So it's not like they're that bummy. Like they put up. They lost to the Browns by two. That's ugly. They lost to the Steelers by one. But when they play the Bengals, we really like. Work waxed them boys. like waxed every every time like come on i know it's injuries are there that's fine but you got waxed like come on don't don't talk to me you're right and uh, shouts out to y'all for winning the division and y'all look really good and the 
the nucleus of the team if y'all could keep everybody together, which I feel like Chase and Burrow have a certain relationship where they'll they'll ride it out together. It's just to build around yeah. those two, right? Mixon's still fairly pieces, young. Yeah. Mixon's still fairly oh, yeah. young. You guys could probably um, invest in running back in the future as well. That's a position that's a constant turnover. So no, I think we're, we're good at running really back there. for the next couple of years. We got Chris yeah. Evans. I like him a lot. To he's decent too. He um, didn't get much work in college, but he's doing okay in nah, the NFL. This Sunday, he's going to get a lot of work though, just because we're yeah. resting some players. So we're going to see how he does against the Browns. I'm excited. Um, though. T. Higgins is a part of that main nucleus as well, and the only thing I could see swaying his situation is if he has a bit of an ego and he wants to go somewhere to prove that he's in one. Um, yeah, but if you I'm guys keep winning, he doesn't have that ego. I don't think I don't so. Think he will. But like, if he keeps on winning, I feel like there's a possibility that. Winning could fix a lot of things, you know? Um, yeah. But I have seen, like, little instances of him wanting to prove himself or be more of his own person. Because he wears 85 right now, and he already said he's switching the number because he wants to stop the Ocho Cinco comparisons or people calling him Ocho Cinco. He wants to be him, right? Which, yeah, he's going to number five next year. I get that. But, like, Ocho's a Cincy legend. So, like, I would have been... If it's me, I, don't, I mean, I'm a competitive person as well, but if I'm in that jersey... I want to take his records in his jersey, essentially. He wants to kind of set his own path, so I guess you could look at it either way. Um, but you guys have... I don't think there's much argument now. One through three, the best three receivers starting in the league. Like, from a talent yeah, perspective. Um, from a mix of I'm, youth... From a mix of youth and talent at just receivers. I'm not talking like guys who catch the ball because then you still have to deal with like yeah, i just think yeah. along with that youth they have the right mix like tyler boyd is elite in the slot t mm-hmm. higgins is elite downfield and then you got chase it's just elite, elite everywhere period. like yeah, <laughs> yeah. like it's <laughs> plug and chug so it's like they all play well and throughout the season i will give zach taylor this brut is figuring them out slowly like just how to make it all work. Everyone can eat. The past two weeks, you've seen that. Like, bro, it's over 400 yards. Everyone's getting their fair share. Like, it's a, it's moving. And we, I feel like we should have been this since week one. But I mean, it takes it's a while process, to piece it together. You know? And I mean, yeah, Chase is a rookie, and we knew that coming in, it'll take some. It'll be an adjustment period, um, especially coming off yeah. of the preseason that was kind of rough. And not to mention on the field, but off the field, people were on his neck in the preseason. So like, yeah. yeah, he can't catch. Yeah, I was eating on every fantasy draft. I ain't win one, but I got that boy in like round eight. I ain't win one sick. either. Y'all I didn't sick. win one either. Hey, we made a trade in the chumps one. I still feel good about how I flipped the pieces afterwards. But um, if you talk about straight up, you traded your one eight and. What was it, McLaurin? Um, it was no, a three-way I just trade. McLaurin, yeah. Let me I only gave up. up Terry. Yeah, I gave up. No, I gave up. Um, Terry and the one-two. Cause I had acquired that pick, and that's how you drafted Chase. Yes, sir. So. Yeah. yeah I want to say that was the. It was like a three-way, one for one for one. Mm-hmm. I think it was something. It was it was something like that. But going back now, 
for the future, especially with how quickly his stock rose, which is another topic I want to hop into real quick. How quickly the number one dynasty receiver tag could kind of get tossed around pretty much from like a three game sample size to a three game sample size. Because preseason, CD was unacquirable pretty much on yeah, dynasty. You couldn't get him, right? People were skeptical about Chase, but there was belief yeah, there, dumb right? Dumbass people, dumbass people, but yeah, go on. <laughs> you, I mean, hey, that, that Bro, one I catch for three yards if we Jamar came on and Chase talked after that. Like, oh I get out my bed, get on my knees, open up my laptop, and I play the LSU one-year highlight reel of him torching every DB in the SEC. You know what I said? I looked up and I said, thank you, God. For all those years that I suffered in back-to-back drafts, I get the LSU boys. Like, come on, you do like, the, you do get the LSU like boys. we have the LeBron James of the NFL and Joe Burrow, born in Ohio, went to Ohio State, had to leave his town to go and learn what he really had to do. What did LeBron do? He went to Miami, and then what did he do? He came back. Yeah, what did yeah. Joe Burrow do? Talk He's back. Man. Come on, man. Fucking bro, Jamar Chase been the truth since day one been bought in never ever doubted my boy ever single day but i'm glad everyone is finally seeing what i saw so i went back in and uh, saw the trade a bit it was a three-way trade but i have a part yes. of it right now i acquired alan robinson and terry mclaurin for um i gave up dj Moore and the one two i'm pretty sure and i'm gonna go look to see what the third part of that trade because we had a third party involved he gave up the 1-8, I think, and Allen Robinson, and he got DJ Moore and my first. So, yeah. Three-way trade, which I feel like a lot of people benefited all across the board. I was able to flip, flip Terry and eventually get in Devontae Adams in a bigger trade. That's a whole different story with Bobby Woods, um, which almost came back to bite him in the championship, but Minnesota was uncompetitive with Mannion at the helm. No Kirk Cousins, so, you know. He only dropped a 30.6 instead of a 32, but whatever. Um, at this point in time, as an owner of Chase, what would it take for you to sell him in Dynasty? An offer that's ridiculous where I can't say no. Because, like, yeah, I, I want to keep him. It's cool, but it's still just Dynasty. Like, if it's an offer that makes too much so sense. so high. Like, his price is like, so bloated right now. Yeah, exactly. Like, and if I can cash on that, I will. Like, I'm sorry. It's just a part of the game. Exactly. You kind of have to treat it like stocks, bro. There's some stocks that are trading way higher than the company's worth. And you kind of have to just, even though it's so profitable to see it, you just kind of have to, you kind of have to take your winnings a little bit sometimes. And like you said, yeah. I don't know how many dynasty leagues you're in, but if I was in two or three and I had Chase and all, best believe i probably only end up with him in one at the start of next season because after that 266 game where he's a second coming to christ pretty much to a lot of guys kind of yeah, just have he's to gonna, you kind of have gonna to be a late yeah. first round for a lot of people next year just because yeah. they're willing and to redraft, take the yeah. for the hype yeah um just for, fine fine i got i got an example of it last year so when justin jefferson blew up last year end of the season i sold him in one of my leagues I sold him for T. Higgins yeah. in the first, I think it was is what it was. Um, and I got called crazy. Um, and in the long in the long run, like in the short term it looked kinda rough, but I was able to turn it into T. Higgins and Derrick Henry with like adding one piece. 
just for trading Justin Jefferson. And like, yeah, Derrick Henry got hurt, but I sold at that bubble. And Justin Jefferson had a good year, but I mean, did he have a better year than stacking T. Higgins and Derrick Henry? No. Um, you're right. No. From a dynasty standpoint, no. Just because you can spread that around. Those are two slots that you know you got locked down. Justin Jefferson is just one man. Like, yeah. You, you can lose with him every week. It doesn't matter. I pretty much turned Justin Jefferson and Miles Sanders into Derrick Henry and T. Higgins. I feel like that's a better duo. That's a dub. That's a Exactly. Dub, yeah. Right? So it's about, it's kind of about shifting the values and... We, we got before we got on here, I talked about selling Joe Burrow after this explosion of this year, right? If you look at no, no, you price points, on. if you look at price points, after Joe Burrow tore, tore up his, his knee, right? You could yeah. get him for probably pennies on the dollar, right? Yeah, I was. After but yeah, it's like this, you know your shit. Exactly. After this four-game stretch, I sold him for Dak in a first. Shit. I feel like you should you should have held out. You probably got more if you held out, but that's still that's like not that's bad. I just like Joe Burrow better than that. Still, to be honest, I I mean objectively I do because I'm not the biggest Dak fan. But depending on where your team is, you kind of have to when you have an asset that you could sell for that much profit. Because I still think it's a decent amount of profit. Because I could flip the first or I could flip Dak outright because he's still starting quarterback for a team that has. Two number one wide receivers, a solid tight end, two running backs that are still pretty decent, right? An offensive line that's still pretty decent, and they're probably going to retool in the draft this year. Um, even though he had somewhat of a down year, it's his first year coming back from that snapped-up ankle, which yeah. isn't being talked about enough because he's not been a dual threat this year at all. I feel like he's still hesitant to run in his mind, and next year we'll probably see him break back into a little bit more of normal deck, you know, using his legs um being more comfortable on that ankle so again it's a low buying point for Dak, and it's a high selling point for joe kind of have to take those profits while it's in there because i feel like even though i'm not a big fan of Dak, i feel like he'll be back next year to a little bit closer to what he was before he tore the ankle up what's your what's your take on that one you said for next year or for this year for next year well well for this year coming up because fantasy season's over unless you guys are playing week 18 no, I'm done with all my leagues. But next year, I don't know, man. The Cowboys offense always is like a question mark for me going into the year because you expect one thing and then you see another. They did just get a new coach. Um, was this right. McCarthy first year with them, I want to say? Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, what are we going to see next year, to be honest? I mean, they played good football, weak-ass conference, though. Um, but, I mean, they have no control over that, so... You did I, say yeah, a new just, coach Mike McCarthy this year. The big, the big question mark is: Do they lose their offensive coordinator? Um, Kellen Moore is interviewing for the Jags job, virtually, and I wouldn't be against us hiring him. And he's been a lot of, you know, the driving force between what they do on offense. So things could change dramatically pretty quickly if he if he has to leave. You know. Yeah, but you don't want the um, Harbaugh from Michigan to come save you guys. Who? Um, buddy from Michigan about Ooh. to leave, come back to the NFL. I don't oh, what, want Jim? any more <laughs> college co- college coaches <laughs> who struggle and then have a good year or who have heart palpitations and decide they oh, want to come make money off the Jags. I am yep. done with the college transitional coaches. Keep them. Keep them. I don't want them. Give me Damn. somebody who has a little bit of NFL 
pedigree or something. Or if you're going to bring in a college coach, I want somebody who's revolutionary, right? Somebody who's like either creating some kind of new offense or kind of thinks outside the box, you know? Like, I know this sounds weird. I'd take Elaine Kiffin. (laughs) I'd take Elaine Kiffin over Jim Harbaugh. I would. Okay. It's on record now. I'd take Elaine Kiffin over Jim Harbaugh. I would. The Stanford coach out there, he seems like a high character guy. I don't remember his name right now, but I'd take the Stanford coach over Jim Harbaugh. Let me look up his name because that's like his name is like David something. Yeah, I have no idea who that is. Yeah, you must look that his up. name is like Coach Shaw. I think it's David Shaw. Yeah, David Shaw. I like I like I think he's a high character guy and he's done good things at Stanford. They've had a rough rough couple years um, record wise, but I like him as a coach. Um, I take him for sure. Um, shoot, it's tough, man. There's just not many college coaches I want, you know, and definitely not Jim Harbaugh. They beat Ohio State this year. Now everybody must have forgotten, like the six years of them getting waxed every every Ohio State game. Them losing games they're not supposed to. Them struggling in bowl games. It's not a race by one year, and I don't want anything to do with him. Unfortunately, can I get? John Harbaugh, the one that's in Baltimore. Not again. Uh, where's, where's he at right now? Baltimore. Or is he is he leaving Baltimore? There's no way. No, I don't think so. But can I get him? Can we buy him out? No. Can we, can we work something out? I want him. I don't even think you want to do that. Uh obviously not. Like, barring injuries, bro, that team would have been very nice this year with like a J.K. Dobbins. Imagine J.K. Dobbins actually being there the whole year. Or not even that. Gus Edwards. They made Devontae Freeman look like an NFL running back again in certain games. And that man has little to no juice left. I don't think it would help too much. I mean, it would been a little bit different, but... Yeah, and like these... Being being actually worried about the run would have changed their game significantly. You're always worried about the run with the Ravens, because they can always run the ball. It doesn't matter who's back there, as you can see. Um, but, but Freeman like didn't have that juice, bro. Like, you weren't worried about him breaking it for 60 yards. There was no threat of that with Devontae Freeman. That's the problem, right? right? That's true. So yeah. even if you're, like, worried about the run, you'll give up seven yards or six yards. You know if he gets past the line, you're going to catch him before he gets, like, 15-20. I'm pretty sure the Ravens didn't have many 15-20 to 20 yard rushes all year. There was no worry of that. So you could easily cover the, the receivers in a way where they're not going to beat you too much downfield either, right? So, like, yeah. it, it definitely stunted the offense somewhat. If they yeah, had a real threat in that backfield, it would have been different. But it wasn't there, right? So, I agree. They get healthy again, run it back with John Harbaugh. Lamar gets healthy again. He's going to have something to prove. It'll be all right. But as a Jags fan, I'm just pleading for someone to give us somebody with some innovation. That's why I like the Kellen Moore possible hire. Um, they're tying us to Todd Bowles. I don't want Todd Bowles. I wouldn't mind Byron Leftwich though. Um, he's also interviewing, I think. So, I think he would be a good person yeah. for the job. Um, Former Jags quarterback. Sure enough, he's coming from yeah. the Bucks organization. He had a little bit of structure behind him. Yeah. Um, I feel like it'd be a similar to just like a Zach Taylor move, you know, but just a more sophisticated mind because he's nice at football. I think he's very underrated. Um, 
own. Oh yeah, for sure. Just because of the people that are around him that are above him, they take most of the credit. Mm-hmm. But from what I've seen, at least very minimal. But I believe in Byron. Yeah, I I, I do as well, and um, I can't wait to get somebody in there. Hopefully, a healthy Travis Etienne coming off of this foot injury, and seeing what we do in this draft to to shore up certain things, especially that offensive line. Hopefully, um what we have in trevor because certain detractors of trevor um not on this podcast currently because you want to be sick and stuff (laughs) um have have already written him off and saying that it was a waste of a pick and i still think there's enough there i've seen flashes obviously i've seen bad throws and i've seen poor decisions right and i've seen immaturity in some of his throws and just thinking that things he's done his entire life he could just come into the NFL and do it as well when the level of competition is different and the level of talent is different. But I feel like the right yeah. coach to bring him in and, you know, kind of like structure something around him, he's still a very good prospect. So I'm excited to see Trevor with like an actual shot instead of just Urban Meyer kind of like ruining it for him. Yeah, because that was a really ugly first season for him. Like, it's already yeah. tough for rookie quarterbacks. And then you got all the off-field stuff happening, not even from you, but your coach. Like, come on. Um, there's no way it didn't affect him negatively. And then you're right. Like, it's Urban Meyer. I would way rather have Byron raise my son than Urban Meyer. So, <laughs> like, Trevor would be the same way if he was my child. I'd want him under the right wings, you know. So he could exactly. Exactly. You want to set him up when when you have your rookie quarterback having to come out and make statements like, "Oh, the more talented running back needs to be on the field, right?" James Robinson is a more talented running back, and we're not utilizing him because we keep pulling him off the field for mistakes. Like when he has to be that voice of reason to come out and be like, "Play our better players more often," you know you have an issue because that shouldn't be the rookie's place. And when it's that obvious to even the rookie quarterback. That you're kind of doing this favoritism thing with Carlos Hyde and kind of putting James Robinson in the doghouse, you know. It's it's a recipe for a fragmented locker room. And that's kind of what started happening really early in the season. Yeah, real early. Like, I guess that works at Ohio State, but these are, like, grown men professionals. Like, you don't have too much. You have way less power over the players than you do because they're not players here, exactly he wasn't getting that either he thought he could still walk around like he's the only one getting paid i know he wouldn't survive in this nil this nil um deal um pretty much free agency style college football because he he'd be still out here some of these coaches are already struggling with that like Dabo sweeney and them they hate it i haven't been too much in the college so shoot i can't even tell you anything about that to be honest well, as as a fan of UCF, I'm already feeling some of the residuals of the NIL deals kind of like um, shifting guys to certain programs, right? So, like, yeah. we were a pretty competitive team this year. We beat UF in our bowl game, was able to rub that in all the UF guys' faces. Um, but a lot of players are shifting to areas where they'll probably get better deals, like better offers in terms of sponsorship and stuff. And guys are not willing to wait anymore to play, which that was already a struggle before, but now even more so, right? So like our starting quarterback started first for three years. He transferred out, um, actually announced he was going to UCLA on the 16th. um, And then within 
60 hours, he decommitted from UCLA to go commit to Oklahoma because Rattler left for South Carolina and then Caleb Williams, their freshman, put his name in the transfer portal after their coach said he wasn't going to LSU and then took a job at USC for more money and like exorbitant like bonuses and stuff. It's just the Wild West pretty much in college football right now. Like whichever programs have the most money and the the bigger brand could do a lot. And um, USC is seeing a lot of benefit off of that. UCLA is going to see a lot of benefit off of that. Texas, Oklahoma, of course, Bama and them. But that wasn't going to change anyway. Um, yeah. And a lot of coaches are feeling like they're losing their grip on creating a pipeline of talent. So like you'll have your redshirt freshman um, there's not going to be many redshirt freshmen anymore because everybody's trying to get somewhere where their face could be on the field where they could start getting deals and making money off rip. So that's the struggle right now in college football. Dang, that's a lot, man. Yeah, kind of crazy. Um, I'm glad. Hey, more power to the players, man. At the end of the day, they are doing so much for this for the universities monetary-wise and these coaches monetary-wise. They deserve to get a little piece of the bread, and they're still not getting as much like, as they not deserve. Not even a little piece. Like you see the coaches. Like I saw some deal coach guy. He got like a private jet. They the, they bought his old house, bought him a new mansion. Like he never mm-hmm. has to drive again. And it's like you're giving out one scholarship. You're giving out ten scholarships. Like that's good and all, but like you're giving out private jets for life. Mm-hmm. It's a billion dollar industry. It's like you're clearly just selfish. Like you can give people money, you just don't want to. Exactly. And then you're like, all right, like, it's just too much. It's like, how is it too much for them when they're the product, when they're the entertainment? And you're, you're literally just supervised. Anyone can do what you can, but not everyone can do what they can, you know? Exactly. There's a reason why you guys recruit them this heavily and pamper them all the way up until they get on campus. And then they're just a part of your system, right? Yeah. You guys will go to all lengths to make these guys feel special until they sign on that dotted line. Then they're just a part of the system. Exactly. Just another guy you hit up in five years asking for donations to your school. It's like, dude. Exactly. Like, come, on. come on. All right. And I'm glad they're. I'm glad they're. They're putting their foot down, being like, you know what? Enough is enough, and we're gonna get a little bit of, of this bag while we're here. What also frustrated me is ESPN having their college football hosts push this narrative that if a guy wants to sit out a bowl game, right, or sit out one of these random random bowls that their school qualifies for to prepare for their actual chance at making millions to play football, they call them selfish or say they're not in love with the sport. Or, um, oh, back in our yeah. day, we loved football. Bro, what? Okay, yeah, well, back in your day, well, back in our day, people use us for money, so that's what we're going to do. Like, it, you have a chance of losing out a contract. Like, if you get injured, you're not getting drafted. That's just facts. Like, if it's a b- bad injury, it's like for what? Like a bowl game? Like the the Chick Fil A bowl, the, the the chili cup bowl. Like what are we playing here? Like I can it's, I know it's significant, but like come on, let, let's be realistic. Like if it was really that significant, people would play it on. There's a reason they're not playing them because it's not worth the risk. Like what was super ironic is they dropped that quote I think a day before Matt Corral's Ole Miss went in to play Baylor, right? Now Matt yeah. Corral is a top prospect quarterback for Ole Miss. Um, expected to go first round on some draft boards he's top three prospects on some draft boards top five you know the quarterback pool this year is just all over the place it's just whoever you like at this point 
Um, there's no like significant one or like you know significant two and then the rest of the class. It's literally just pick who you like. So Matt Corral's yeah, in that in that mix. Real Brandon Whedon esque right now. Like we gonna get some bums. Can yeah, some, Kenny Pickett. Some, some Darnolds. I'm still not I'm still not big on Kenny Pickett, but he's like the I'm six year senior in Pittsburgh, and I'm feeling real Brandon Whedon ish about him too. Anyway, yeah, like teams are gonna force it, man. It's like yeah. especially the Steelers. I'm I'm here for it. The day they announce a quarterback, I'm getting up clapping my damn self. Dude. Bro, I hope they wait unless they pull one of the guys that I like, <laughs> right? Like I hope who, they who you they're like patient. Right now? I do like Matt Corral a lot because I feel like he's a pretty decent athlete and has shown the propensity to throw a very good deep ball. From what I can see, they haven't had the receivers like that this year, but he looks pretty solid. Um, I don't mind Sam Howell, but he shows like a lack of awareness sometimes in his decision making. Um, I don't mind what's his face, the guy in Liberty, but what, he's Willis? just really raw. Yeah, Malik Willis. He just yeah. looks really like he needs he a lot more positive to his um, game. Of like how Lamar was, like he can't fit in any system. Like you're gonna have to work with his attributes to get the yeah. best out of him. Way Which less talented, suck. of course, but um, yeah. yeah, way, way, way less talented. <laughs> but it's the same approach. Like you can't throw him in a regular NFL system. Like throw the ball and like, oh, he's gonna be a pro bowler. Like no, you gotta like you gotta tweak it a little bring bit. Him you know, along. you're gonna have to bring him along. Yeah, bring him along. Like see what he's good at, build on that, and let him develop over time. Exactly. But you have guys like Desmond Ritter, who's like labeled to go top 20 and bro oh nfl ready quarterback i don't hate cincy because obviously they're a part of the american conference with us they were the first to break through to make it to the college football playoffs from our conference first like group of five to get the opportunity and barring what people think them losing 27 to 6 to bama i saw it as a good thing they didn't look horrible of course it was hard for them to create offense because they haven't played a defense like that but they didn't get blown out the water by bama they kept Bryce yeah. Young under wraps a bit. They kept the number one receiver under 100 yards, I'm pretty sure. They just got ran all yeah. over by the running back. But besides the point, I've watched Desmond Ritter for about three years now, and there's no part of his game that's like an A-plus for me. He's like a B runner, a B-minus thrower, right? A B-minus athlete. <laughs> like, he's just yeah. okay. And yeah. he does well enough to keep the ball on his side of the field and not have turnovers. Outside of that, I don't really see it, right? And I saw one mop that had him going 17 to Pittsburgh. And I'm like, if they do that, they will regret that. <laughs> they go ahead. Yeah, I love when teams force it. Like, I don't understand what's so hard about, like, if you just don't like the prospects. Like, sometimes I go to Publix and I look at the produce and I go home. Like, it's not looking good. <laughs> it's not looking good grab today. grab a mushy banana. <laughs> I don't grab a bruised potato like you just try another day. Like I'm it's not, not here that hard. grabbing the black avocados and being like, I guess yeah, I'll figure this like, out. Like, come on, bro. Like, I know you want the avocado, but you don't need it this year. Wait another year, you know, some better produce might be out there and you know you can build from that, you know, make some avocado toast. Exactly. Like, Bryce Young it, probably I think Bryce Young is in the twenty twenty three class. He looks really good. Um, DJ had a rough year, yeah. but I still believe DJ um, Uagalele will figure his situation out out there in Clemson, especially when they start retooling a little bit. Um, I feel like there'll still be better prospects at the quarterback position in 2023, but guys aren't patient. Um, yeah, it's just with this draft, it's like the products or the prospects aren't good enough and you have other holes. Yeah. So at least guarantee something like... 
there's just so much risk like you got to hit on the pick and it got to work like it, or you could trade back you know get a couple linemen a little bit mm-hmm. easier to work with you know it's better talent there in my opinion um so why waste it you know like i like i said i hope they draft a quarterback i'll be the happiest man in in pittsburgh guarantee that um well, right. you see, we were talking about the Matt Corral situation, right? He's yeah, one of the yeah. top guys, mocked everywhere, right? Kirk Herbstreit right? and Desmond, yeah, Desmond, whatever his name, Howard, the the Heisman oh, yeah. safety that played for Michigan. He That's goes out there and plays against Baylor, and essentially a meaningless, meaningless game. I mean, the only thing that would benefit him in playing that game is if he goes and torches Baylor's defense for like 400 yards and blows him out of the water, but... I didn't think that would happen, um, personally, and the worst happened. He hurt his ankle. Now, yeah. Granted, they ran an X-ray. He's decent. No crazy structural damage. It looks like it was just a sprain. But imagine if he had like Dak Prescott snapped his 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 ankle to play in the, over, the like random this. game against Baylor. You think he's a first round pick? This this spring, I, I think if anything, he'd be a late first round pick, only because he probably wouldn't be back in time for the combine, and that's like he especially this definitely. draft is going to be big. So it's like you can't get that differential, and like right before the draft, you're already coming off injury. And it's like, yeah, I'm not. Why would I waste that pick on you? Like you know, like even for a team, the risk isn't worth it. So like, let's go back to the player. Like the risk isn't worth it, dog. And who who was that guy that said that? Kirk Herbstreit um, said the quote. Yeah, oh my gosh! Like, does he even play football? Like, what's his resume? What, what does he What does he do? <laughs> I think he used to. Like, he's just talk. Back in his day. Like, yeah, back in his day. What was that? Leatherheads? Like, what? What? What is his day? <laughs> JV football? Like, oh now, granted, gosh. I don't want to talk too much trash, but like, dog, like, why? I hate when people just side with like the big guy. Like, look at it from their the perspective. You can understand yeah. it clear as day. Yeah, and it's like when they do something good for, in their instance, for once, like, oh no, no. Yo, you're horrible for looking out for yourself. It's like nah, because they would do they would do it faster than I would. Exactly. Imagine if Matt Corral wasn't good. Do you think he'll be starting at random? We wouldn't even care about him, right? Like the only value he has to Ole Miss is that he could help them win games. Let's keep it real. Let's keep it a buck. And once he takes that away from him, it's like, oh, you're awful. Like, oh, I didn't play just twelve games, two years for you. I miss one game now. It's like, oh, I'm just I'm not there for my team. Like, no, like, I've been there. What do you mean? I care about the, like, Papa John Bowl. Who, the Papa, Papa John, John Bowl. Papa John Bowl. Yeah, the like, Belk Bowl, the Mattress Firm Bowl. Boy, if you don't. Yeah, the Dillard's Buy One, Get One Bowl. Like, come on. What? Every touchdown's worth 14 points. Like, get out of my face. <laughs> what, what is this? Like, everybody got a bowl game. Like, come on. It's not they've, to show you not, it's all about money, they've added so many in the last three years. So now you don't even have to win six games to go to a bowl. Yeah, it's like I went to, I think I saw a bowl game UCF and UF. Wow. UF was like six and eight, I think. They don't, suck. Don't, like, no, let's relax. Come, don't, come on, don't, come on. Don't Trash, abysmal, atrocious. No. Hey. Like, but that's my point. It's like literally anyone gets a bowl game. It's yeah. like, no, they're not important. They're right. not important. They're boo boo. You know what's funny? Just to go on a slight tangent, because I do want to talk smack about these UC- UF guys real quick. As a UCF fan who's been saying for years, the gap between us and UF are not that big. Since Tim Tebow has left the program, what has UF done? Nothing. They not still had some pretty good prospects. Garbage. Um, they last had year Kyle Trask for yeah. a good Kyle Trask for like a season and a half. 
Yeah, because before and that they, they didn't had, make um, the playoffs as an Franks. SEC team. He wasn't great. I saw that, but he was a decent. He was awful. He was a he was decent, atrocious. I was about to say he's a decent athlete, but he wasn't a good quarterback. I wouldn't even say a decent athlete. Like I don't want to shit on any D one prospects. Like y'all are all better than me. I just want to put that out there. Exactly. Actually, that that back thirty, like the back forty, I might be able to give some work. Oh I don't know. Gosh. I'm nice with it. Um, oh but no, y'all are nice overall. But that's what I'm saying. Like Felipe Franks, I saw live twice, and it's like after that, I didn't even want to see him anymore. It's like wasting my wasting my time. Like what are you doing with the ball? Who trusts this man? They had I, better backup. Like I think Emory Jones was still there or something. Like come on, dude. Emory Jones is awful too. Uh, <laughs> but he better than Franks. He better than Frank. Franks. Is, I forgot who the backup was. Emory Jones the, could barely complete passes, open passes. Bruh, I saw Felipe Franks look off someone wide open in the end zone and throw an incompletion to the left <laughs> on like fourth down. And I was like, bro, you looked at him and you said, nah, watch this. Like come on, come on. I want to go home. I was two miles away. I walked there, and I wanted to leave in the first quarter. What kind of football is that? That's fucking hilarious. That's so funny. Bro, yeah, there's next been, year he went to Arkansas. Man, I remember that. Their teams have been filled with five-star athletes, and they have not been able to break through, whether it be coaching or, or you know, recruiting the wrong five-star, right? Or just pretty much overplaying what they think they have at the position. They had a team that had Kadarius Tony and... Kyle Pitts on the same field. That's all you yeah, really need. Um, That's all you really need. That's elite talent. That's all you really especially need. Especially in college. Like, yeah, them boys not keeping up. That's all you really need. And they couldn't figure it out. Granted, they were like a shoe throw away from making it to the playoffs, but that's all you really need, right? So the, the main trash that came on here to talk to close out soon. They thought they were that far ahead based on things they've done in like 2008, right? And when mm -hmm. UCF tried to create a home-and-home -home game with them, they said, nah, unless it's two home games or um, two homes and then we go to UCF, we don't want anything to do with y'all because y'all don't deserve to just have a home-and-home -home series with us, right? So we eventually caved, yeah. gave into playing them at home, then them playing us, then we have to go back and play them at their house again, right? And they were all up in arms. Oh, we shouldn't even schedule UCF. And they got smacked this year. Smacked. Smacked. Not even with like with our true freshman quarterback, because our, our starting quarterback had already transferred out. Right? Injuries all over the place. Smacked. 27 to 16. Smacked. And I still wanted to hear, oh, well, UF didn't care about the game. That's the other argument. Yeah. Whenever like, one of these big on. school loses, it's because they don't care. Well, guess yeah, what? Yeah, they don't care. They didn't want to win. It's like, why are you on the field then? Why are y'all suited up? Why are y'all coaching? Why we you can't take us for the game? And we whooped y'all. Yeah, whooped. That is it. Spanked. That is all I wanted to get off my chest because I haven't been able to talk my UCF <laughs> shit out here for a minute. Also, you're right. Um, Felipe Franks, isn't he with the is he with the Bengals right now? Don't ever size the Bengals Association. No, he's, like with, that. he's with Atlanta. Ever he's with Atlanta. Again. He's with Atlanta. Yeah. My bad. Yeah, His brother yeah, who birds. used to play for UCF. His brother that used to play for UCF was on y'all's practice squad for a minute. Jordan Franks. He's like a tight end or something. I, oh, okay. Yeah, but like I got him. I got him confused. I got him confused. Um, yeah, we don't want that bum. We'll, we'll, we'll close out. I want you to give me a quick what you hope to see th the remaining of the season. Because you actually have a remaining of the season with your team, the Bengals. What would be your ideal closeout for the Bengals this season? I see us winning our first round matchup, A, because I believe it's going to be a home game for us because we won the division. 
Um, B, right now, it's looking like the Colts or the Patriots. I like both those teams, man. Like, playing-wise, mm-hmm. like, the I was talking with my friend last night. I know I'm a big Cincinnati fan, but I'm not as biased as I think I am. Like, I'm pretty analytical. I think logically still, like, I know where we can lose, clearly, but I do see when we can win. We're hot. We put up, what, over 70 points the past two weeks. So those, both of those teams are going to have to outscore our offense to win. That's just a fact. We just put up 30 on the Chiefs, and we put, what, 40 on the Ravens. Right, we're known for putting up points. I don't see Jonathan Taylor running 400 yards for four touchdowns. I can, like, however, that's what, see that, the Patriots' um, defense being a little bit better than. I, I hope so. I would. I would think so. They have a really good defense. You know who yeah. else is a good defense? The Steelers, and yeah. we figured them out too. One game without T.J. Watt, which I thought was help, very helpful, but the last game T.J. Watt played. Um, and the only man I'm scared of on that D is Matthew Judon. Because I know J.C. Jackson getting done through with Chase. Like, that's just facts by now. Really? And whoever else is out there, facts. He, he did in Marlon nobody's, Humphrey and that solidified Nobody's it. done up J.C. in a minute. And he ain't been against Jamar Chase. So, hey, You're it's right. going to be a good matchup You're right. if, we, if we hit that. But it's like, yeah, it's, like I said last week, it's Zach Taylor's game to lose because he has the weapons to do so. Our run D is a lot better than our pass D, but then you're going to have to outscore our offense. And those two teams, I... If I had to pick one to play against, I would probably want to play the Patriots just because I don't want to see JT, and I think Carson Wentz might come alive in the playoffs. I, I think like the it. Colts are a scary team to go deep to. Okay. okay. I don't believe the Patriots yet, though. Just want to put that out there. Mm. So my team, the season's already over, but you know what would make my heart flutter a little bit in Week 18? What? If we could beat oh, that, the Colts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and stop them I from think going to the playoffs. Everyone is hoping for that. If, if we you're could fan beat of the football. Colts and stop them from going to the playoffs as our AFC South rivals, beat the Colts, give Big Ben his swan song, have him go into the playoffs, right, for his last season, and just have a well, have, a, heard, have a mini breakout. Um, give people a chance of what Trevor could be. You know, maybe a 350 yard passing day. Maybe Marvin no. Jones turn into old Marvin Jones, catch over. 60 yards worth of passes right <laughs> um we have no idea what the running back position is going to look like on saturday i mean on sunday so i'm not even worried about that side of it just give me an all-out air attack show me show me trevor's arm a little bit i want to get excited for next year that's that's my hope and then we could start scouting prospects um hopefully offensive line clearly we still have to address wide receiver dj chark's coming back from injury but I'm starting to get off the Lavishka train a little bit. He's not being utilized I get well. Off that yet. I, he's not getting utilized well, and I don't think he's a crisp route runner like that. He's a brute, and I don't think we could yeah. put him in. We can't put him in the lineup as like a guy who's going to win outright on routes. He's just a get the ball in his hands, and he's a savage. And yeah, get the ball in his hands. Let him do what he got to do. We but haven't started also, using like, him. He's like in the that, same though. boat as Trevor. It's like he just had Urban Meyer for a year. You're right. But I feel like we need to add a guy who's just like, hey, bro, oh, send sure. that boy deep, and then we just deep bomb him, and he'll win a jump yeah. ball. I'd like a guy like that. I think Trey – is it Traylon? It's either Traylon or Trayvon Burks out of Arkansas is a guy that I like for that. Um, Drake London's probably going to be gone by the time we have a pick that we're willing to spend on receiver. Um, there's guys. A.T. Perry out of Wake Forest. You know, you know, there's little, there's little flyers that we could take a shot on in the second and third round. There's guys out there. Um, but that's my hope for the Jags. Um, this has been episode 45. 
of the Kick and Post podcast. What I am going to do is this will end season one. This is the season one finale. So the next time we hop on, it's going to be season two, season two, season two season of the two. Kick and Post podcast. We're going to start off first episode. We're going to set some okay. goals, some things we yeah. want to hit, some things we want to attain. Yeah. As our first breakdown podcast of season two. That'll be the first upload of season two. Um, hopefully we could get that in sometime next week. Um, I am going out of town tomorrow. I'll be back in town on Monday, completely free Monday. I have a video idea I plan to record on Monday about yeah. buy low candidates in Dynasty. It's going to be like three prospects. I'm probably going to do that type of video once every two weeks, all the way up yes, to sir. the season as stocks rise and fall and stuff. Um, that's my plan going forward. Chris, it's been great, boss. You got any closeout, a little closeout message for us? Um. 2022 balls to the wall man get on your shit yeah man we go we got to get it we got to get it um auto gets right hopefully gets healthy and we can start grinding um hopefully y'all enjoyed the last video we posted it's been about a week now maybe closer to two it was monday night football preview auto wax me at madden we need to get you on madden as soon as your internet's working um and get this thing flowing um we do also plan to shift into a little less sports and talk some fun stuff. Ooh. We, we want to break Ooh. down the Spider-Man No Way Home movie. Um, we've all seen it. We have our takes, different takes on that. We want to have a little podcast on it. But we'll also drop a video of us probably, you know, messing around on Fortnite with the Spider-Man mythic. And get to chatting about favorite yeah. scenes, favorite things in that too as well. But we plan to do a lot for 2022, man. We hope you guys stay along for the ride um, and keep supporting. So that's all I got to say. Hey, I like it. Um one word for this year consistency man yes. that's all you gotta commit to you know in every aspect of your life consistency i do feel pretty down about that like that that kind of irks my soul when, when we're able to not be that consistent me me included like it's just setting that time aside yeah. it's something for for you you know you kind of have to put in if you want it you kind of have to put in for it so yeah stop making excuses don't talk about it just be about it find a way you find you figure out ways for so much other stuff you know do it for yourself and that's why here at kmp we're gonna lead by example we're gonna show y'all like look where we're at now and watch where we're at by the end of the year you know it's gonna be drastically different yeah stop that shit man we're gonna get after it I'm, i'm excited um thanks for hopping on with me um i do have to head out for this for this shift shouts out to the the big green corp not going to list the name, but the big green corp. I got to go show up and go work in produce like my boy Otto usually does. So that's, that's Just it for like, me. They got subs on sale. Go see the boy, you know? Exactly. Mm. Close us out, KP. Close us out, KP. Well, what I got to say is like Whatever how you want it done. We're not going to do that. We're not going to take autos. All right, y'all boys. You do the closeout. Mm. When in doubt, poop it out. I'll see y'all boys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Um, yeah, I know what to say. Shit, that was a good little talk. Oh, fuck.